Today I want to speak on the subject of receiving guidance from God, direction. Um, try and answer the question that perplexes many people uh, throughout their lives. Does God speak today? And if he does, how does he speak? And how can we be sure that it is him that is speaking when we feel he is speaking to us? And so I want to start off by just saying that God does speak today, and I'll show you that from the Word of God, but that He speaks by three different means and in many different ways. I'll try and explain what I mean by that. The means, uh, first of all, He speaks by and through His Word, the Bible. Secondly, He speaks through His Son, Jesus, who is the message, the Logos, the Word made flesh, He's the fulfillment of all that's written from Genesis to Revelation. This whole Bible is about him. So he speaks. Jesus, God speaks to us through the Son, Jesus. And then thirdly, he speaks through his Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and that's in many, many different ways. So the means, the Bible, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and the ways... Well, I'm going to show you a number of different ways. And I'm going to ask you to read in your Bibles with me some of the very clear promises and uh, passages that make it very clear that God is a speaking God. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days... He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. I want you just to ask you to move across to chapter 2 verse 1 of the book of Hebrews and it says as a result of what he's saying there he says we must pay careful pay more careful attention therefore so that we so to what we have heard so that we do not drift away so we must pay more careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away for if the message spoken by angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? <clears throat> this salvation, and that's all in Jesus, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distrib distributed according to his will. So that makes it very clear that God has spoken to us through the prophets and that would be in the Old Testament and he's spoken to us in so many various ways, different ways. And But in the, the, these last days he's spoken to us through Jesus and all that's contained in the life uh, and message of Jesus what he said, what he did, how he lived. And uh, we've got to pay very careful attention to that. 
and that he also testifies to all of this by signs, wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Just another quick scripture, if you would just turn with me to the book of John. And I'm asking you, please, to turn to John chapter 10. We'll just pick out a few scriptures here, but very, very important scriptures. John chapter 10, verse 3, Jesus says this. The watchman opens the gate for him. This is the shepherd and his flock. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep, listen now, listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. But they will not, not, never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Verse 6 says, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Moving it down, just if you don't mind, just for the sake of time, to, to verse 16 of that same chapter, uh, John chapter 10, where he says again, I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And then again, for the sake of time, just going down to verse 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch, snatch them out of my hand. Again, just God speaks. And Jesus speaks. The Father speaks through Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to turn quickly for the last little scripture for, before I carry on again. Is 1, 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and we'll pick up in verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, However, as it is written, no one has seen, no ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed these things to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. <clears throat> for he know, who knows uh, among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him. In the same way, no one knows what the thoughts of God, knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And he goes on to say, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? That we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human being, wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, express, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So God speaks through his Bible, the Word, he speaks through Jesus, and he speaks by the Spirit of God in various different ways. And I believe today that one of the greatest needs today in the church is for God's people to hear his voice again. 
it's this is a confusing age there's so many uh people shouting for the attention voices clamoring for the attention of the church the leaders in the church the preachers in the church and i've been struck almost on a daily basis <clears throat> as i read the word of god how often how often in the, the scriptures god speaks to all sorts of people in all sorts of circumstances and in all sorts of ways and that's just in accordance with his promise all he's doing is keeping his promise to us he's promised guidance that he will lead us i just pick out three little scriptures quickly to read to you from psalm 23 the, the first two are in verse 3 he says he guides me along the right paths or in the paths of righteousness in the verse, second verse he says he leads me beside quiet or still waters and in psalm 32 verse 80 he says i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you and so he goes on in that wonderful psalm 32. Read that for yourself from verse 8. Well, the whole psalm's great. And so God is a speaking God. I mean, from Genesis chapter 1, and you read in verse 3, all the way through to Revelation 22, verse 20, you'll see that God keeps speaking. There were only those 400 silent years just before the coming of Jesus. So from the beginning of creation, God has been a speaking God. In Genesis chapter 1, God spoke. And it came into being. He spoke creation into being by opening his mouth and speaking. In chapter 2, he spoke to Adam and Eve. He commanded them. He questioned them. The last words of the Bible, the last chapter, God is still speaking in Revelation chapter 12, and verses, uh, chapter 22, verse 12, and verse, chapter, verses 16 to 20. You'll see God is still speaking. The Spirit says, come. Let all those that hear, come. And so, why does God speak? Well, just I'll try and answer that in a few minutes' time or in the second session. But God, God wants to have fellowship with us. We need to understand that. And that's what happened in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through to 13, and verses 16 to 19. You'll see that God wanted to have fellowship. He walked in the cool of the evening in the garden with Adam and Eve. And he had fellowship with them. So often in the Word of God, we read... We read words like, and the word of the Lord came to the prophets, Elijah, Elisha, came to uh, other prophets, and Ananias, when, uh, with regard to Paul's salvation. And it just it's like, and the word of the Lord came to, or, and God said. So yes, God is a speaking God, but although God is still speaking today, not everybody hears him. And here we have this commission, uh, this admonition. It's constantly repeated seven, over 17 times in the New Testament alone. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So not everybody hears. We're going to have to open our ears to listen. And so there's so many other voices that are seeking to block out the voice of God to us, clamoring for our attention. Can I just remind you again, and I see time is running out on me again, there are three sources of inspiration. I mentioned this in another message earlier, but there are three sources of inspiration. And inspiration really is to seek to communicate will and or ideas to influence and affect us. Therefore, the intention of getting a response from us. And there are three sources. There's God, or as I say, the Savior. There's Satan, 
and there's also self. All three, the two major sources of inspiration or trying to communicate with us and get our attention and get our responses, that's God and the devil. And if it's God, we are to actually receive what God says. If it's the devil, we are actually to resist him. As James tells us, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And if it's yourself, Romans chapter 6 tells us, reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. So I hope that helps you again. Just remember that. So how does God speak? Well, the writer to the Hebrews starts in his letter when he says he spoke through the prophets in various ways. And the psalmist tells us in Psalm 19, if you'll read verses 1 through to 4, and also Romans chapter 1 verse 19, that God speaks to us in so many different ways. And in Romans 1 19, I just thought I'd pick out this little part here. It says that what may be known about God is made plain because God has made it plain to us. So we need to develop an ability to hear the voice of God in and through the words of God. I'm hoping that while you can hear the words I'm speaking, you can hear the voice of God in and through the, vo the, the, the words of a man. Hear God's word. So the first way is that God speaks through the Bible. This is God's primary way. This is the safest way that God can speak. And, and, and this is the safest way that God can lead us. But it's not the only way. Psalm 119 verses, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The book of Proverbs, you read the first seven verses of chapter one in the book of Proverbs, it tells you that Proverbs offer advice on almost every imaginable area of life. They tell me that businessmen uh, for decades used to read the book of Proverbs and, and apply that into their business situations in order to be successful and prosperous. So, uh, I just want to read to you what Paul said about the Jews and the Scriptures in uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 1 through to 2. I'm picking out a little part of this. It really is saying that the Bible is the very Word of God. It says, this, first of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. So the Bible is the very Word of God. All that's in there are the very words of God. The vast majority of God's will is in the Bible. It tells us what we can and what we can't do, what would be harmful for us and what would be helpful to us. In Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of our God. And uh, he was quoting, of course, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So the Old Testament says it and Jesus reaffirms it. And... Uh, in all of those temptations that Jesus was faced with, he said, it is written. He quoted the word of God. So we shouldn't be seeking other guidance. This is such an important point. We shouldn't be seeking other guidance on what God has already said in his word about either commanding or forbidding. Don't go seeking other. Well, you know that God says, don't marry the un an unsaved person. It's no use then going and asking God for guidance. Can I marry this unsaved person? or about stealing, or about lying, about committing adultery, about tithing, about earning your living. 
not just waiting around and help looking for handouts, but work about obeying your leaders, meeting with other believers, about taking revenge. And so we could go on. Don't seek other guidance when you already know what God has spoken through his word, because it will lead you into the occult demonic deception. In our Numbers chapter 22, if you read this for yourself concerning Balaam, Balak sends a delegation of people to Balaam to try to get God to curse his people. Balaam goes before God. God tells him, you can't do it. He goes back and tells the delegation, go back to the king and tell them, I, I can't curse God's people. God's blessed them. So the king sends more, another delegation with more, offering them more, more of a reward. Now, Balaam knew what God had already said, but he goes back again and he says to God, these guys have come again. God says, don't go with them. You can't do this. Say so goes and tells them. So the king comes, sends another delegation, more, more of a reward, bigger, more important people come to him. And he says, well, let me go and ask God again what God said. He knew what God had said. And you know, when you read that Numbers chapter 22, and then you interpret that through the book, the Second Peter chapter 2, verse 15, where, where, where he, Balaam had to be rebuked by a donkey. Again, God was speaking through an animal, trying to stop him. Somewhere, and something that couldn't speak, God spoke through. See, God speaks, and it's, it's ridiculous, it's dangerous. It leads to demonic deception to know what the Bible says and then go and seek God for guidance on that same subject again, thinking you can get around it. You see, the problem with Balaam was that he wanted personal gratification. He wanted more than God's will. And I want to just be as loving as I can in saying this. You go, you know what God's word says, and then you still go and ask God for guidance on that particular subject. You're seeking personal gratification. Not God's will. And Balaam wanted God to endorse what he, Balaam, had already decided and wanted and was decided to do. So we need to saturate our minds with the, and our hearts with the word of God. That's where the biggest battles are won or lost in the mind. We've got to get the word of God into our minds, into our hearts, into our spirits. So that the Spirit of God's got something to use to help us, teach us, to lead us, to guide us, that we might hear that still vo small voice saying, this is the way, walk you in it. God's Word renews our, our minds. And, and that's what uh, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hide his word in your heart. Uh, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, talks about the renewing of our minds. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he talks about bringing into captivity every uh, thought and making it obedient to Christ. So many of our decisions will become just natural decisions, natural choices, when we're led and uh, where we can be guided and led when our minds are filled with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything else flows from it. And so it goes on. So let's just ask this question. How does God speak through the Bible? Well, sometimes it's a verse that we read or a verse we've, rem we've uh, memorized and it's just quickened to us. I, the day before yesterday, God just quickened a verse to me about, about something that was very important to me. And, and God constantly does that to me. I'm reading through the scriptures with an open mind, saying to God, God, this, I want this heart of mine to be good soil that you can plant precious seed in that's going to bear fruit. And then suddenly, as I'm reading through the word of God, God just quickens a verse. And it's so often been the very thing that's helped me through and kept me when I'm under pressure and temptation, uh, doubts or whatever that's coming against me, indecision, God just comes through for me. Sometimes it's while he's reading his, you're reading his word, he makes alive a portion of that verse or a word. Sometimes he reminds you of a chapter and a verse. Sometimes I just felt, go and have a look at this chapter and this verse. Sometimes as it's read from the pulpit, as, as preachers are preaching, or from the, uh, or someone from the pew, he makes it alive. Sometimes he just says, go and open your Bible. And you open it and, and God speaks there. Many of God's people are suffering from really bad choices. So get into the Word of God daily. Let God's Word be your guide on a daily basis. I'm going to ask you to read it. Psalm 19, verse 7 through to 14. Psalm 119, verses 109, Psalm 190, verses 130 to 133. And Psalm 119, verses 97 to 100. Psalm 119, verse 165. There's no God like the Scriptures. Look to its author and pray for him to illuminate and make you wise. Say, Lord, speak, for your servant wants to hear. We'll start the next session looking at Jesus the Son and then the Holy Spirit, those three major memes. Blessings on you, and thank you, Father, for your word, that it's precious, and that everything you've said in it, you will fulfill. Do it for all of us who are hearing this, for me too, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.